All right, folks, good evening, good evening. This is Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is heard on the Hubazoo Network. Find out more on hubazoo.com. And I'm pleased to have back on uh, Richard Fitz Jr., who we talked about his documentary, 21 Years of Folded Flag. And we just got done with this cool, I don't know if cool is the right word, Rich, but this was just a really surreal experience at the um, Wall That Heals in, in Weymouth right now. I would say it's, you're right, it is surreal. Every time I'm involved with any of these things, it's, um, again, it's it's taking myself out of my personal space, and I, I, I get to represent uh, veterans and, you know, the memory of my father. Um, oftentimes, after these <laughs> surreal events, you, you t- have time to reflect, and that's when the emotions come in. Um, but it's, I think this is an important mobile unit as you would say to uh, continue these memories uh, around the country so people can remember uh, people such as my father and the uh, veterans who who gave their lives uh, in Vietnam. So you you asked me to join you today for this uh, honoring of the wall with the American Legion in Abington how do the how does the legion and, and your family connected to the wall? Well, not to the wall, but to each other. Oh, to each other. Uh, well, the legion is actually a host of a, a a few different posts or units, and has been for uh, you know years. Um, but there's a much more personal connection with the family because uh, I guess all the veterans uh, uh, agencies or units or posts. They tend to congregate in in Abington at the Legion, um, and with there's so much personal history and story behind it uh, about my father. Um, is that's really where everybody has come together, and that is the kickoff point, I guess your forward operating base, if you will, for all these operations that we we go out and support and uh you know and it goes all the way back to the story even before my father was found um that's where the kickoff point was and everybody it has been involved is that's that's the place to meet so everybody organizes there and you know we have uh coalitions and everything else and other fundraisers at at the legion but it's a mainstay it's a staple and you know obviously the family is a staple from abington even though you know we've moved here and there we always come back to our place of origin and uh that's basically what how the connection is that's been uh since my grandparents on my father's side uh were searching and wondering you know this this has been a place where the all the veterans and the agencies and the support groups meet so I'm, I'm, I'm getting the uh, instant message from Facebook. You asked me to come out here today. I really didn't know what to expect. So I, I get to the, the post in Abington and you know meet your, your fellow, I'm gonna call them brothers because as, you're, as I'm watching you talk to them, you're not not them. It was very evident to me this morning that you're part of the family. Yeah, I agree. And and to to watch them interact with you and put their arms around you is something that really comes out in the documentary. And, and if I would, before we introduce uh, the guy here in the back, would you just remind folks what you're working on right now? Well, I, I've been putting together uh, for a little over three years uh, 
coming up quick, probably on four, uh, a documentary telling my story about my father and my family's story. And um, I thought it was important to find out about the story, tell people about the story. Uh, there are many layers to the reasons why. Uh, some was for my own perspective. Um, I did a lot of research and found things out that were never known about my father. Because, of course, uh, as many know, it was a classified uh, unit for over you know, 20 years. So there were things that weren't found out. There were things that were trickled, but a lot of things that nobody really found out. So I had the, I'm going to say the privilege of being the only son who never knew a father to find out information that, you know, a lot of his family or friends never even knew. And so I, I was at the time, it was at the time now where it was declassified that I could find this information out. It was more, you know, easily accessible. But one of the reasons as well was there came a time, and I've talked about it before, where it always stuck in my mind that, you know, I'd always had questions, and the only personal close person I could ask was my mother. But again, they, you know, they were young. It was years ago. There was one day that came up that I asked her a question she couldn't remember, and that's how life goes. You know, sometimes you just can't remember. Well, I'm not even sure if uh, this gentleman will even remember this, but my son... There was one day where he asked me the same question, and I, I really pondered, and, and I don't even remember what the question was. And it was probably a trivial moment uh, of asking me, and <clears throat> but it really stuck in my head about the fact that I couldn't remember what he asked, or I wasn't sure. So I figured, I think the reason why I'm doing this <clears throat> is to, the first, first thing is to pass along the information in my lineage to, of our family down to my son. Because the more he knows, you know, the more Speaking the of your son, uh, he's sitting here with us right now. Would you uh, introduce us to him, and then I'll ask him a few questions, Rich. Sure. This is my son, Austin Taylor Fitz. Austin, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm, I've seen you talked about in, in the first couple of showings of your father's project about his father. But I'm interested because you're in that millennial time frame who are allegedly uh, self-absorbed and don't really care. <laughs> but on another note, I mean, what's been what's it been like watching your father put this together, and how has it affected you with trying to answer questions about your grandfather? Well, seeing my dad put this together, you know, like you said, in that whole millennial generation, it's most people put that label on somebody like me like oh they don't care they just take things for granted but growing up with my dad and seeing how moved and impacted he was by even a little at the time that he knew about his dad's story um, kind of put a lot of weight so now see or put a lot of weight on the documentary and now seeing him almost be completed you know almost have finished this it's you know not only in my proud of him but I'm also proud of you know my lineage like where I come from um, and I think it means a lot to him and to me because not only does he now have a record of his father you know a lot of the things that his father has done but he's also filled in gaps that he was always you know left in the dark about growing up and it's I'm trying to find the right words to explain um 
he's gained a lot of clarity from it and you can see it on in his eyes and on his face when he talks about it it's just he seems to finally be like know, complete or yeah, uh, getting there, you getting know, there okay. I, I think i think yeah. when it's yeah. when it's finished uh, i don't think you can ever be complete in a situation like this yeah and to expect that is probably detrimental if okay. you're in a situation although very few are in a situation like i am <clears throat> you can never expect to learn every little tidbit and every little thing and it's not going to fully complete your questions if you are a son without a parent and you could never know why and you're two years old you don't have that figure in your life and it's always a mystery you're just going to have to understand that you're not going to complete the entire puzzle but what it has done has allowed me to complete enough of it to be confident and proud and move through life and continue to meet people with support or whatever and just allow my story to come out with enough knowledge and confidence that it will hopefully shine through to everyone else including my son so thought your your mother who uh, I've gotten to meet a couple times was here this morning you're here your son's here what is it like for both of you to be part of this uh this event and the event that i'm talking about is they had the moving wall or the wall that heals at union point in south Weymouth naval air station and the abington vfw along with the fitz family uh, did the color ceremony for this uh coronation if you will of the wall or celebration that is here what was that like because i'm i'm watching you post colors and i see the entire family there and and i'm like this is you won't see that again, and so what was that like? For what? me, go ahead. Oh, you want me to go? Go ahead. Um, firstly, I'm absolutely on it. I've been doing this since I was a little kid. You know, ceremonies in uh, my grandfather's name. You know, along with my my father and my grandmother. Um, and I, I've been absolutely honored just to see what it means to these uh, to the veterans, the Vietnam veterans who, you know, present with us. Um, and to me, you know, for me to be able to do this um, with the whole family, it shows, it, it's a testament to my grandfather, you know, my father's father. And it also, I, I feel like in some way, I'm showing a little bit of respect or contributing to the things that uh, the living veterans that I'm, you know, that we've been working with have done and seen and even those past and to me anytime I can get out here and anytime I can help and support you know with the family being my grandmother and my father um, it's it's honestly moving you know awesome awesome well I think what it does too uh, for Taylor myself and all of us is it shows the veterans that are active even um, that they're not going to be forgotten either. You know what I mean? Um, or people that know current uh, people killed in action. Uh, those family and friends are going to know that we're standing up and it sets an example that these people are not, there's people here that are not going to forget. And I think that's a huge example because we've talked about it before. 
early on in the, in, in the Vietnam era was not a very popular war. And you don't want to see those things happen. And I think the way it affects my mom, to be honest with you, I think it gives her closure. And I think it's kind of a full circle deal with her. It gives her uh, a little bit of, um, I guess it gives her a little bit of purpose, I think. I think it's when it, when she was younger, this wasn't a popular thing to do. And her husband was killed and she's balancing uh, trying to be supportive and wondering where her husband is and going to these POW MIA events and meets and all this stuff but not getting anywhere and as life goes on it was fairly negative to her I think for a while because she you know she felt she needed to move on with her life but now that we have closure now that we know some of these things that are happening and now that we know there's a post still going on named after my father and that we are a part of this post as you, as a family included as a family now as you mentioned earlier it gives us her a sense of purpose i think it's uh it's another a- aspect of her life that again will come has come full circle and she feels a little vindicated and probably you know a little bit more restful inside that it's it's okay to do these things now and it and it meant as much to her now as it did back then but now she sees an actual fruition of it. So we, we last met and talked at the Bridgewater uh, Library showing, um, which, I, again, I don't want to give it away for listeners, but there are, there are parts in, in your documentary, Rich, that just made me stop cold and made me really draw into the story about what you were trying to do. And I was curious, is there anything else going on with the documentary? Um, you know, where are you at with that as, as time moves on? Since you saw that, and again, this has always been, you know, every time we've done a showing, there's been a next level to it after. And um, as any creative duo that is passionate, sometimes my producer and me kind of butt heads a little bit. And so since you've seen it the last time, we've actually added another segment that we really had to... uh, We were on the fence because it was a very... uh, Unfortunately, it was a very impromptu interview. And there was no real good equipment around. And as I mentioned, in it, it was truly guerrilla interviewing. (laughs) You know, at, at the most basic level. And we struggled because we didn't know if we should put it in because of the quality of the interview. However, the interview and the information was so important to me and the story that I really had to push. So we had to come up with a way to put that in. So that was really our last really big chunk of, of info to put in there and make, make sure it f- uh, flowed and where exactly do we put it. So there was a little bit more work since then. But we are truly at the point now where we are about 99.9% complete. The one and only thing we need to do right now is get it mastered in the sound. And we are currently waiting for uh, a, a good friend of mine, a guru that I've known for quite a while, who has a really, really 
good, impressive resume of uh, people he's worked with. And um, so, and he's also going to allow me to sit with him while we do all this work. And uh, it really, once it once we sit down, it'll be a matter of a couple of days, and then we are done. So we are very close now, and I, I expect to uh, be able to come to you and any, anyone else and start announcing some dates that we can do some previews. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, um, I had talked to Mistress Carrie for episode 100 of my podcast, and we both we both feel that this is something powerful. We both got the same kind of, of vibe or how we both understood how you wanted us to feel is what I'm trying to say. Right. And we really feel that this is going to not only educate uh, a younger generation who may not have, have known anything about the Vietnam War for the longest time. The only thing my kids knew about the Vietnam War was from Full Metal Jacket, the movie. Right. So this is a, a way to really not only educate people, but also tell a story that for, for many might not have ever seen the light. And it's really unique because... Uh, regretfully you never got to really meet your father but you have gotten the opportunity to know your father and and, and so it, it's just like again I, I'll, I'll go back to the Bridgewater showing I, I left there and had to really think about what I just saw because it's not your normal action shoot 'em up this is this is a, a family and a community that were affected by this and, and I really I'm excited to see what you do next with this. Yeah, well, I do have some good news. I was just informed that um, our preliminary copy, which was pretty much what you saw on Bridgewater, okay. that copy um, was accepted uh, into the Woodstock Film Festival. Uh, wow. I do believe, Woodstock, New York. I do believe that's in, in September, but I do have to get the dates correct. Um, but it's 2018, it was accepted. So, I mean, and that's... That's a real good feather in our cap, and uh, I mean, along with that, I don't know if I had mentioned it before, I may have, but we even put an early, much earlier version than you, that you saw uh, back in, I think it was January of this year, but we uh, entered it into uh, a completely different state. It was Ocean City uh, Film Festival in Maryland, and it got accepted, and most of these film festivals are, you know, sorting through hundreds, if not thousands of entries. Uh, but we were priv privileged enough to get picked. Well, we never saw it coming, but we got, we were the runner-up to the Audience Choice Award. Oh, my God. And that was the version way before you saw it. And it was, it has grown so much since then. And so, you know, I got, as, as anybody, I guess I can call this my child in a way, but we all have great expectations. Um, now, it's really not what I'm in it for. I just really get a charge of the fact that people are seeing it. That's all I really care about, you know. Um, if it helps and if it brings awareness to what's going on, then that's even, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a bonus. Right. You know, um, but I just, I just think, again, this whole thing started, wasn't even thinking at this level. Right. It was simply just to get the information down so I didn't forget it or, you know, even some of the digitized, uh, you know, to digitize some of the, uh, newscasts and the interviews and stuff like that and I just didn't want to lose it all because that's the nature of the beast when it when time goes on so that's all it was and it really started to grow some legs so so you complete the project you promote it and get it out there and we see what happens because there's a lot of unknowns there but mm -hmm. let's just say six months from now you, you 
we, we write the end on this chapter. Mm -hmm. This chapter closes down. What do you feel is next for you and your family? Have you thought about that at all? If I was to, in a, in a, a more condensed sense, as far as the documentary is concerned, I think the immediate thing for that is just some more film festivals. I don't think we're immediately going to put it out onto YouTube. Because I would like people to actually experience the event. And it's also going to be included in the Special Operations Living History Project, which they approached me and asked me to, for that to be done. As far as right after this, once this whole thing is done, um, on a personal level, I was thinking about maybe doing a couple of music projects. Um, you know, to continue on what I do. This kind of this project has made me focus in a way in my life where I really didn't have much time for anything else, and uh, where I did complete and compile, you know, the entire soundtrack for this thing. Um, it's really got me buzzing a little bit to get my ha hands back on the instrument and start doing some playing. That's right. You're 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 like a like a musician, musician who you've played in bands, you've had side projects and gigs, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would make sense that you would want to explore that again. Yeah, it's just a it. It's really in my blood. It's it's uh, it's my meditation. You know, um, anything can go anywhere. I'm a guy that likes to do lots of different things. But I was approached by another person. Um, many of many have said I should write a book, and I've said this in probably maybe in your interview before, but. I was never really conscious of being able to do something like that. I didn't think I'd have the patience. But as this whole entire project came together, I realized how many details were left out that I have found out. And details to our story. You cannot fit them all into an hour and a half documentary. No way. You'd be, you know, you're looking at a week's worth of, you know, hell, hey, Netflix, can you give me a series? You know, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... I've actually been kind of contemplating that idea. Um, many people have... I just hooked up with another gentleman recently who's pretty successful, and I think we're going to bend his ear. I don't want to mention his name and sure. the strong arm in that way. But, you know, you never know. Uh, who knows? I'd, if it goes that way, I'd be a fool to say no. You know? Well, I mean, I mean, look what happened here. I mean, we met in April, and, and I totally bought into what you're trying to do. And I think it's valuable and, and just by happenstance you reached out and said hey can you come check this out mm -hmm. and it really kind of it was it was different today rich because I got to see your mom and son participate with you and then the the fellow uh, legionnaires I'm gonna call them that mm -hmm. I don't know if that's correct USV post two yeah. uh, staff sergeant Richard Allen Fitch chapter that's what they call themselves and, and and they're out there on a Thursday morning you know and, and we're we're in my we're in my vehicle right now doing this, but I mean, the weather reports that we're gonna get rained on. They didn't care. No, they didn't. They never do. No, no, nope. no. Uh, just really, really good to see that that the memory is still alive. I had to laugh uh, on a, on a funny side note. Late last night, my girlfriend says to me, "Did you check the weather?" <laughs> I said, "What does it matter?" It's not going to change anything. We're still doing what we do. And I had to say to her, I said, you know, those guys have been doing it for, you know, 25, 30 years longer than I've been doing it. And I know myself, I've already been in every 
type of weather you can think of. Didn't change what we did. We did it. Yeah, you know, so. Got done. So. And as for done, uh, you know, we're winding down here, but uh, this was just an opportunity to for me to come out and see uh, some of the things that are talked about in the documentary about the community and how a, a small community in Massachusetts, Abington, rallied around the Fitz family. Uh, when I go by the memorial on that corner there on, was it 139? Yeah, 139 and Hancock Street in Abington. Street. Yep. It, 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 I'd seen it, but now it made it became real and made sense to me it's just you know like i told you i was honored to be a part of this today and thank you so much for having me out and thanks for taking time to um talk to me well hey as always thank you i we all appreciate the support you know and you're a key part of spreading the word and keeping it alive no like doing it austin and thank you very much for having me on i really appreciate it and i had uh, had fun talking to you guys yeah, uh, Austin and I are both motorcycle riders, so uh, who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll do something together in that way. But uh, always a pleasure, my, my friend. And uh, I, I want to call you brother because, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not a Gold Star uh, member myself, but uh, I can certainly on, on many levels relate to your story and what well, you're trying to do. I think your relation into in this story uh, definitely makes us brothers in more way than you understand, you know, because it's, you get it. You know, and a lot of people don't. And uh, I tend to be leery of calling myself brothers with people. But it, once you get beyond that, when it's in here, in your heart, and you understand what you do, you know, especially you where you're a veteran, it's hard for me because I'm not, I never served. So that's what's difficult about doing what I do because I feel like I need to be doubly respective because uh, respectful because I'm out here wearing a uniform like my father's to remember him and it's always been very difficult and hard for me to understand if people are accepting and understanding what I'm doing that I'm not being disrespectful and trying to keep the memory alive you know what I mean so that's what I'm saying when it comes to brothers I, mean, I if you get what I'm doing and you can feel it and you know it's the right way then we're brothers well I looked at that I mean I thought about that you know and how that might be uh, a some people would have a real big problem with that. Right. But I look at it like this is your your family and you paid a cost for your father's service. A cost that I, I haven't had to incur myself with my father or my sons. So the least I can do is support what you're trying to do to one, remember a war that was not popular and, and those veterans for as you told me and as you laid out were largely forgotten. But also, you have raised awareness to your son and other people that this is still a relevant thing to talk about. Exactly. So that, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, folks, it's been great. Uh, it's been a great morning. There's not that many of them the, the older I get. <laughs> but uh, we missed the rain. We amen. Had, yeah, amen. <laughs> but we missed the rain. Uh, the, the, the Legion uh, you know, presented the colors in an honorable fashion. And this is an event. Uh, that you need to come down and watch because it's not coming back anytime soon. This wall at Union Point and South Weymouth Naval Air Station is not coming back, so uh, hopefully you came and checked it out. So I am Travis, this is Oscar Mike Radio, and we are out. And once again, before I leave and sign off, thanks again to the Fitz family for allowing me to come be part of this today. Thank you very much. Thank you. More than welcome. All right, and we are out. <laughs>